With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Neil McCready. Chris Landry with me here as well today. Um, we did about 30 seconds of show prep today, which is my fault. I've got some stuff going on. So uh, welcome into our show. Thanks for being with us. I need to move my seat. I'm trying to fix myself in the deal. The screen's kind of weird <laughs> it's all fine you're uh you're 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 not you're not here to look at our faces you're here to hear our thoughts uh sec football gets started tomorrow uh chris on tuesday when we came on um i think i hit you with the curveball because i don't think you knew about hurricane delta at the time i told you that hurricane delta was out there in the yucatan peninsula and was threatening the weekend and uh Sure enough, it has impacted two games, one a lot, one a little. Um, LSU and Missouri were scheduled to play at 8 o'clock on Saturday in Baton Rouge. Instead, they will play at 11 a.m. tomorrow in Columbia, Missouri. Ole Miss and Alabama were scheduled to kick off at 5 p.m. in Oxford tomorrow. Instead, they will kick off at 6.30 in Oxford. So not quite as big of a deal there. But um, sure enough, Hurricane Delta had a little impact. I think it shows you, Chris, just how much the fact that the game, the LSU game was moved to Missouri and the fact that the Ole Miss game wasn't moved. Ole Miss and Alabama had a mutual open date on November the 7th where I think in a normal year they may have moved that game. It shows you just how serious the league is about getting these games in, about saving the schedule flexibility in the event of a COVID issue. And um, they're, they're, they – made that perfectly clear by picking up LSU and moving them to Columbia, Missouri and say, Hey, let's get the game in this year is about fulfilling TV contracts. And if you, if you needed more proof of it, you, you got it on, uh, on that when, the, when they moved LSU, Missouri to Columbia. Yeah. You know, there's look, there's, um, they're so good now with the Doppler radars and things to be able to tell you now, they, they can't tell you on Tuesday what it's going to be on Friday, but they have been pretty accurate. I am in Baton Rouge where the, obviously the LSU game was scheduled and, and I can tell you it's going to hit. Um, and by daybreak tomorrow, um, it will have passed through and we'll be getting out of there, but we don't know what's going to be there. Now it's still going to be, and God bless them. I, it's probably going to hit, um, Cameron Parish again, that's where Hurricane Laura, for those of you that are not as familiar with Southwest Louisiana, that's they're going to get hit again. So got 25,000 people that are still in hotels from Hurricane Flor- uh, Hurricane Laura. 
are now going to hit with another one. You've got houses that have got those blue carps as they've got massive destruction from Laura. Now it's going in there again. So just pray for those folks. Um, but Baton Rouge is going to be on the east side of it. It will probably be Category 2, lots of rain, and, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like. So in theory, you know, I don't know. Maybe it could have been playable. You don't want to have Missouri can't be coming in today and fine. So it made all the sense in the world, and that's what you need to do. So, And I think this where this storm is headed, it's going to bring some rain potentially in some places, but by – moving the Ole Miss-Alabama game, that's just the direct result of when they anticipate where some of the rain is going to be and and uh, when it's going to be heaviest. And so we adjust the times forward, backwards, accordingly. So, look, we, it is important to get them in, and you want to save a bye week if at all possible because we're seeing this more and more, and we're definitely um, – those of you who don't know, I'm very involved in the NFL, and we're dealing with that right now. Um, with games getting pushed back consistently now, we're going to have a Tuesday night game. We've got Tuesday night football and another Monday night doubleheader in the NFL. So dealing with the COVID issue is something that's still potentially out there with the cooler weather around the country. So having those open dates available to maneuver because of that's important. So if you can skirt around the weather and, hey, I look the, the bright side. This is the first time you realize this is the first time ever that the LSU Tigers have played in Columbia, Missouri, ever, 127 years. So they get to do something that they've never done. Well, that'll be exciting to go to Missouri and play a game. Yeah. I mean. I've never done it. (laughs) Not a long history. (laughs) You know, but anyway. In fact, that was the first game that Ed Orgeron coaches, interim coach, was against Missouri in Tiger Stadium. Oh, is that right? I didn't remember that. Yeah, when he took over after the, you know. The the uh, loser go home bowl with Gus and Les. Remember the oh, LSU yeah. scored on the last play, and then it was oh, yeah, it sure. was turned back. And Gus with the sweater vest is saying "Yay!" and "Woo!" and Gus is still there. And Les, God bless him, we wish him well. Les Miles was announced that he came down with COVID, and so uh, we wish him the best. As this uh, is certainly an issue that we're having no laughing matter so oh no 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 not a laughing matter at all but i suspect uh i suspect less will be fine i'm 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 i've hit the point where i'm you can be sympathetic and say hey good luck with your recovery and all those things but the odds are overwhelming that they will indeed recover I, i hope he's well but after watching his team play i think he should request a three week quarantine just cause just just because not for covid reasons but for football reasons <laughs> a football quarantine yeah all right uh so let's let's talk about some games coming up um pretty full slate it is a full slate in the sec everybody's getting started so we'll start with we'll start with the one that we just got through talking about the 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 game but not the game itself lsu is at missouri now i guess um i guess <laughs> I guess they'll yeah. wear the same uniforms they were going to wear. LSU wears white at home, so they'll probably wear white on the road, which means Missouri will wear some form of a black jersey and all that stuff. So it'll it'll look exactly like it was going to look. Um, I'm looking for an updated line on this, Chris. There it is. Uh, it it opened at 19. It is now across the board steady. LSU a 14 and a half point favorite at Missouri. 
Um, LSU looked pretty good against Vanderbilt. What's what's the I guess for first of all, from a football standpoint, having to pick up and travel when you weren't preparing for travel to travel does that does that take anything away from LSU here? I, not as much as I think people think. I think right now we're all in an adjustment period. I do think this year is of how you have to adjust practices. Um, Look, I mean, it would be a bigger adjustment if they had to deal with playing a home game and trying to avoid when they could practice. I mean, they couldn't do well. I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I don't think it's a bigger deal. I think it's a bigger deal with all due respect if this game was a better opponent. Um, I think it could have an effect. I just have an effect potentially affecting the outcome, two different things. Um I, I think this is kind of a game in which that they'll be able to handle on personnel and personnel alone. This is not a great matchup for Missouri, but yeah, a little bit of a distraction for LSU. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna downplay it in that regard, but I don't think it's significant. All right, give me a scenario where Missouri is competitive in this game. Well, they're gonna have to do a better job defending the run. Now, I do think that Tennessee's offensive line is run blocking better than LSU. Certainly it's how I got them graded and they allowed 400 plus yards of, of total offense. And it just didn't, didn't play very well against uh, Tennessee. So they're going to have to play well, better, and they're going to have to defend the run. That's what LSU is going to want to do. Um, and they're going to have to get a good game out of, and I like the kid the quarterback. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to really watch and play a little bit, uh, Basilic is a really talented young guy, and I think they've got something. So, you know, I, I think with a, the formula is to get out to a quick start. It's, not a, it's, it's never a bad thing, but I think it's essential in a game like this. And I think create some turnovers defensively because I don't think they'll be able to stop LSU. But I think you can create some turnovers, create some short fields. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult with a young quarterback with a lot of the, the rush pressure that LSU is going to bring it's going to be very difficult, and I think the turnovers are going to be more on the opposite side with Mizzou. So I think it's a tough game. I, I really do for them. Yeah, I do too. I think this is a game LSU wins handily. I actually think LSU covers that line fairly easily. Just don't I don't like this Missouri team. I've watched them a little bit, and I don't, they don't. Nothing about them stands off the page. Nothing jumps at you and says this makes them fun to watch or interesting to watch or intriguing or, or whatnot. They're they're frankly, kind of a boring club so far. Yeah, Roundtree's a good back. There's just not a lot of playmakers, and it's part of the problem. You know, we've said it before, but, you know, Coach Drink is going to have to find a way to recruit better um, and and kind of raise that. That was something that Barry wasn't an ideal fit for, even though he was a Mizzou guy. And I don't know that Eli's going to be able to do it, but can he do? And I, I, I would say – um, that there's a little bit of a parallel, not just because they're adjoining states, but, you know, he's got to do a little bit what we've seen maybe a Sam Pittman do. But, you know, uh, we've not seen the early results from from uh, Mizzou. Uh, we'll see if it gets better as the year goes along, and we'll see what the recruiting um, trails bring in. All right. Uh, South Carolina is uh, – not right. Yeah, it is. South Carolina is at Vanderbilt. This line opened – at 11, this is a 11 a.m. game also. This game will be on SEC Network. By the way, the LSU-Missouri game will be on the SEC Network alternate channel, is my understanding. Uh, I was originally scheduled. Mm-hmm. 
ESPN, but ESPN had to uh, adjust on the fly like we all did. So this starts uh, started at 11 points, South Carolina, an 11-point favorite at Vanderbilt. It has moved to 13-and-a-half uh, across the board, 13-and-a-half. Uh, South Carolina giving almost two touchdowns to Vanderbilt on the road, Chris. Yeah, you know, in the <clears throat> loss to Florida and the vitriol that is following Will Muschamp, and listen, I get it, he's been there a while, and you don't see maybe a lot of progress if you're a South Carolina fan. The things that the film shows that when you're a little bit more objective and calm and looking at it is, you know, they defended the run pretty well against Florida and they ran the football pretty well early until they had to abandon it. And that's what you have to do against Florida's offense. When you get behind, they'll be able to control this game. This is a, a, um, not a statement game, but a game in which you have to make a statement. What's the difference? Well, in my mind, it is, this is a team that you need to kind of hammer. You need to play well. You need to show, Hey, look, you know, kind of we grow from it. And we know it's really more to do with who the opponents are. Um, but I think that's that's the real key is this in this game, you've got to be able to figure out a way to um to get the offense humming, run the football, control this game at the line of scrimmage. I think that's gonna be key. And I think they win this game going away. I do too. And I'll tell you this, if they don't, you know, it's it's funny we talk about in a COVID year, no coach is really on the hot seat, blah, blah, blah. It's always interesting, even in a COVID year, even when the money's not there, the when the emotions start running high during a season, you, you, you do start to wonder, what if? And I think Will Muschamp is approaching that what if range, you know. I mean, I, I did this all last year, Chris, with Matt Luke. We're all year, I mean all year, I would ask week after week after week to people who are in control, is there a scenario where Matt Luke's in trouble? And the answer was always no, there's really not. And then as the losses piled up, that began to change. Will Muschamp can't afford to lose a game like Saturday. He can't go to Vanderbilt and lose knowing what's coming. All of a sudden, people go from we can't afford it to we can't afford not to. Yeah, I don't think losing this is going to be an issue. I do think that an ugly win, and I don't really believe in ugly wins, but from a fan and media standpoint, a win in which you don't dominate a Vanderbilt and you show that, hey, you're just a little bit better than them and win, I think might fall into the category not as bad as a loss, but, man, this is just piling up. And then because you know there are going to be losses coming up on the schedule, and if you don't, not able to handle it. If they, if they have a game like A&M had against Vanderbilt, it's going to be another, you know, hey, look at this. Look, let's call it what it is. Will is is going to be replaced. It's it's not if, it's when. And it's just going to be a matter of it's, as you say, it's whether they feel like they can come up with the money now and whether they want to do it or whether the apathy is so great that they can't not afford to do it. Um, I think it may involve some other issues. You've got a president there at that school that has kind of been involved in, in West Point, and he kind of takes credit for – you know, reviving that program with his coaching hire there, Coach Munkin. And um, he's kind of had some goofy comments at the end of last year. But I think he is poised to try to make a move on Ray Tanner, maybe. And, you know, obviously the head coaching position at some point. If it's this year, don't know. But I, I don't know that 
unless the complete collapse, and this would classify that, but I think it's even still early. But I think Will is definitely on the on the watch list, was at the beginning of the year, and I, I, I have a hard time seeing how he survives uh, and only would survive this year in a COVID year. All right, Florida, this is an interesting game. One that I really want to get your thoughts on. Florida at Texas A&M. It's an 11 a.m. Central game. You can see it on ESPN. The Gators opened as a six-point favorite. And this line, depending on where you are, whether you're at Bovada where it's seven, or if you're at Bet Online, it's six and a half, six and a half, six and a half, seven. This line's six and a half to seven points. So the line has jumped just a little bit. Florida, a six and a half point favorite, seems to be the consensus at Texas AM. If you had told me before the season started that the line on this game, Chris, was six and a half, I would have guessed that Texas AM was a six and a half point favorite. Ooh. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we do this. We in the media do this every single year. We hype Texas A and M. This is the year that Texas A and M becomes a contender. No, this is the year that Texas A and M becomes a contender. No, this is absolutely the year that Texas A and M emerges as an elite SEC play, uh, player. It hasn't happened. They they're uh, one and one. They they did not look good against Vanderbilt. They got thumped by Alabama. Um proving that they're nowhere close to the Crimson Tide. And here we are against Florida, a Florida team that that has looked good, a Florida offense that has been dynamic. Florida 2-0, and they've beaten Ole Miss, they've beaten South Carolina, and here they go into, into College Station for a uh, 11 o'clock kick. You're higher on the Aggies than I am. Do you think Texas A&M has a chance to win this game? No, I, I'm not high on them. I'm just more realistic. Like, for example, I, I – I certainly didn't see it that way. I, I see Florida as a 12 to 14 point better team on talent. But in August now, I mean, they're just that much better. They're that they have more playmakers. They have more talent. I don't, I don't get into the hype of, I mean, A&M is what it is. I think the biggest problem with A&M is that they have been overhyped. The expectations are too high. When I say too high, I'm not saying you shouldn't aspire to be better, but because you want to be doesn't mean you are. AM's not there. I guess what I where I am on AM is I have a little bit more of a feeling of, look, it's going to take time. And I realize there's no patience and all that. But and I don't like the progress I'm seeing on the field this year, but I don't think they're anywhere close to Alabama or Georgia or Florida. I don't I don't think they are. I mean, I think Florida talent-wise should win this game on the road by 14, 17 points. I, I really do. Now I don't know what's gonna happen, but that's how I see it personally. I just think Florida's that much better. Yeah. See, I think where you and I are a little different is I think you think Texas AM has a better chance of getting to that place down the road than I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I I you can get there. But you know what? Just because you can doesn't mean you will. Yes, I don't, Texas, Texas I don't and Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma, could could be what Clemson is. They're not, and they may never get there. But that's because they don't have the right people in place. A yeah. and M could be there now. Oh, they've never been there. No, they haven't. But they've never been in the SEC with the facilities. Uh, they have the ability. To, now, is Jimbo going to be able to do it or not? That's going to be up to Jimbo. Um, I think there's still a chance 
that it can be better. I don't know that A&M, I think what it is, Neil, is when you pay somebody that amount of money, they think, and he's a Nick Saban disciple, that he's going to do what Nick Saban does. A, A&M's not Alabama. B, Jimbo's not Nick. So that's not going to happen. So when you take that off the table, I see it a little bit more re- realistically that I could see A&M being a really good program where it's, you know, outside of Alabama, they could do what Auburn and LSU's done. And I'm not talking about LSU last year, but kind of in that range. That's where I see A&M potentially. Now, is Jimbo going to be able to do it? I think he can. Um, and I, I, I do think he will, but I don't know that. Obviously, I don't. You know, there's no way to know that for certain. Yeah, just, it's the fun part of doing a show like this is one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong. I don't think he can, and I don't think he will. And that's that's me. I I I know that there's a lot of money there, and there's a lot of stuff. It's all there's also a lot of weirdness there. It's a it's a different kind of place, and I don't know that it's for everybody. And I don't know that they can, I don't know that they can recruit at the same level as a lot of teams in the SEC. Not just not just that upper crust elite, but a lot of teams. I think there are some, I think there are some issues there that that create that. Um, the CBS game and. Probably, if you were to really pin people down, the most potentially intriguing game of the day, Tennessee is at Georgia. It's a 3.30 Eastern kick, 2.30 Central on CBS. This line, Chris, opened at minus 14.5. The the Bulldogs, a 14.5 point favorite. It has dropped across the board to 12.5. So Georgia, a 12.5 point favorite. Both teams unbeaten so far, 2-0 in the season. Georgia has wins. Over Arkansas and Auburn, Tennessee has wins over South Carolina and Missouri. The Vols getting 12 and a half going into Georgia. This obviously is a um, a measuring stick sort of game, I think, for Jeremy Pruitt and Tennessee. Even if it doesn't win, an opportunity to say, hey, we're, we're more in this. We're closer to this than we've, we've been in the past. We're a program on the rise and an opportunity for Georgia to uh, get to three and zero before they head to, to Alabama next week for the the showdown that I think everybody's waiting on. Yeah, I do think it matters how it looks, particularly for upcoming programs. We just talked about A and M. A and M doesn't look good against Vanderbilt. They didn't look good in getting dominated by Alabama. Well, Tennessee, and if you take, um, you know, the schedule that A and M would probably be unbeaten, but they haven't looked as good. Tennessee's look good. They look good against Missouri. They've done what they needed to do. And they did, I thought, a really good job at the line of scrimmage the first two weeks. And I think South Carolina is a game that you, in a team you could look at and say, well, wait a minute, that's a program that's been there a while. Well, you can look at it and say, Jeremy Pruitt, look at him. and Look at where he's got them versus Will at this stage of South Carolina. Yeah. And so you've got now – Auburn getting hammered by Georgia. If Tennessee can go in, play Georgia competitively, get this into the second half and into the fourth quarter, and and I think Georgia will win, but it's competitive. And it doesn't look like, oh, you're just a complete beatdown like Auburn looked against Georgia. Like it looked like, you know, it was a completely different. If if Tennessee can show that, then yeah, then – no one will be will say it publicly, but a lot of fan base will be realistic enough to say, "Hey, you know what? Yeah. We're not there yet, but we're making progress." Yeah. So it does matter how it looks, and and I do think 
they match up better at the line of scrimmage, Neil. They have an offensive line that's better, significantly better than Auburn's. They're, they're, they're going to get challenged big time by an outstanding defensive front of Georgia that can bring it. So how well it looks in the games within the games with that offense, aforementioned offensive line. Um, what can Garantano do against this defense that plays tight coverage and plays good defense on all three levels? Um, and then defensively, you know, I think that Tennessee might be able to hold on a little bit against this tennis, um, this Georgia offense. But by the same token, we're looking at Georgia differently. There's a higher expectation. Georgia's a dominant defense. They ran the football better last week. Uh, can the passing game continue to progress? Uh, and, and that's, so I think we're, it's to me, anything can happen. I would be very surprised if there was an upset here. I, I think it's only margin of victory. And I do think how it looks is important for Georgia and Tennessee because different programs are at different levels. And I see Tennessee, you know, quite a bit behind Georgia, but I will say this to wrap it up. Jeremy wants to build a team kind of in the same image of what Kirby does physical at the end. And there's a little bit of, a little bit of bad blood there for Cade Mays and some other situations, but oh, they're not exactly sending Christmas cards to one another. Um, Jeremy and Kirby that is, but th there's a lot of wanting to build that program the same way. Cause they're both defensive guys, great offensive line, build a great defense and you want to have a quarterback that protects the football. That's the formula. And I, so I think they're looking over at the program that they'd like to be in addition to the program right now they'd like to eventually like to beat. Yo, I agree. So what do you think about this line, 12 and a half? Because I, I've gone back and forth on this. There's a part of me that thinks Georgia covers that, and there's a part of me that thinks Tennessee's ready to play Georgia within 10 points or so. I think you're going to – through the first half and into the third quarter, you're going to say, oh, this is going to be close. I think Georgia's going to end up covering that by the time the game's over. I think what it is with Georgia, they're a different type of team that – no, they're, they're the, the anomaly now. It takes four quarters to impose their will on you. Now, they imposed their will on Auburn early, and so it, it looked and felt like a blowout early. This won't look and feel like a blowout. In fact, it won't be one until the very end. And I think the fourth quarter, that's where the might will kind of show up. It's the way I see it. Look, I look at it as Georgia plays their game. They're going to win and going to win decisively. I think Georgia's the, the, the key factor here. They're determined. I don't think Tennessee can win. I think Georgia would have to help the cause. I think Georgia wins. I think they win in a four-quarter game. And I think in the end, it's probably 14, 17 points in that range. Okay, interesting. All right, here's a line, Chris, that has really surprised me this week. Uh, Arkansas, winners of one game in a row in the SEC. I think when you lose 20 in a row, you get to claim one as a winner. <laughs> yeah, one in a row. I was about to say, I like how you phrase that. Uh, Arkansas with the one-game winning streak. They hit the road at Auburn. This game is a 3 p.m. game uh, on the SEC Network. This line, Chris, opened at minus 16, Auburn minus 16. <laughs> it has shifted to either 13 or 13 and a half. The, the, the smarts, if you will, don't like the Tigers after that performance. 
last week in Athens. Uh, Arkansas now uh, getting 13 and a half at Auburn. A lot of commonality here. Uh, Chad Morris, the former Arkansas coach, is now the offensive coordinator at uh, at Auburn. Uh, Barry Odom's been in the league as a as a def- as a head coach at Missouri. He's now at um, the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, so he he knows Malzahn. He's he's coached against him a lot here. I'm surprised, Chris, frankly, that this line is as low as it is. Thirteen and a half looks low to me. If you had told me in August that hey Neil, the line on the Arkansas Auburn game will just be thirteen and a half, I would have thought no way. What happened? Did Nick's get hurt? Did something happen? Tell me, tell me why the line's this low. Well, the line's this low because people react to what they saw most recently. So what do they see? Auburn getting manhandled by Georgia. And in their eyes, they see Arkansas beating Mississippi State, who, you know, beat LSU, the defending champions. And again, styles make fights. So people just kind of assume that Arkansas is really that much better. They're not. Well, this they is played. Like- this is Vegas, though, Chris. This isn't a bunch of yeah. Well, but 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 remember though, Vegas makes a line based upon not who's better by how many points. We're trying to get but, money on each side. Yeah, yeah. So this is what the fans think, and I think it's moved because of that. Okay, uh, that's why I. I mean, personally, you said it started at sixteen ish. That's. I mean, I'm not a line guy, but sixteen ish is about right to me. But it's going down to, like you said, three, four points. Why? Because oh, I'm I'm definitely taking Arkansas. Arkansas looks good. Auburn's better. I don't know that they're a lot. You know, I don't think Auburn. I think Auburn's got some issues as it relates to upper tier teams. I don't think Arkansas is there. There's kind of a cast system yet, and I do think they're. It's positive. I think this is where Auburn gets well, and this is kind of where. Gus and kind of survives, right? I mean, you know, they look awful and they respond. They always play well against Arkansas. Arkansas has been really bad, though. This is a different Arkansas. I get it. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Auburn's going to win by fourteen or seventeen or twenty-one. And I know, well, that's what we want to know. Well, I, I, I think Auburn's going to win, and I think we saw them against Kentucky struggle. Kentucky's better than Arkansas. Um. And Auburn struggled with them. I think Auburn's going to be able to pull away in this game. I really do. I think that Bo Nix is going to have a good game. I think that they're going to have more time, you know, to be able to throw. Listen, don't get fooled by. It's not that Arkansas is better than Mississippi State. Arkansas, Mississippi State is more talent than Arkansas. It was styles make fights. And we went over that on Tuesday that, Mississippi State, just poorly coached in terms of how you match up. I don't think we're going to see that. I think Chad's going to have success throwing the football on Arkansas in a different way. I think, although they haven't played well on the offensive line, I think you'll see Auburn's offensive line play a little bit better this week. So, look, I think Auburn's going to win. I don't know by how many points. It may be, you know, 13 points, 10 points. You know, I think it's probably more towards – 17 ish. So yeah. I, that's kind of how I see it. But I mean, I, does that make sense? I mean, I think that, that, you know, people see it as about a 17 point game. I do. And yeah. then I, but I can see fans reacting because fans are not looking at tape. They're not seeing, they're, they're not seeing matchups. They're seeing, well, wait a minute, Arkansas beat Mississippi State, who beat LSU. 
Uh, Auburn, you know, got, got lucky to beat Kentucky and got hammered by Georgia. Well, I'm betting Arkansas because I think they'll keep it close. Maybe even win. A lot of people think Arkansas is going to win, you know, because they're they're reacting to that. And who knows? We'll be coming here Tuesday talking about an Arkansas win. I don't see it. I, I think it's. I think Auburn doesn't solve problems this week. I just think that they're better in terms of where they are. Yeah, so my take on Arkansas is this, and I've watched them a couple of times. Um, one, they just happen to be on. Two, I have a daughter that goes to school there, and so we keep up with it. It gives us something to joke around about. Um, my take on Arkansas is this. They're better coached this mm-hmm. year than they were in the past couple of years. There's no question that that uh, the kids are playing with a, a little more belief. They're playing harder. All those kind of intangible things. Uh, offensively, Frank's gives them a little stability at the quarterback spot that they didn't have before, but they're still fairly anemic on that, that end of the, that end of the field. Uh, defensively, you can tell that they're well coached. They get in the right spots. There's probably not athletic enough to do a lot of the things that, that Barry Odom would like to do, but they're steady over there. Not good, but steady and, and well coached, have a good plan, et cetera. Um, I think this is a 17 point Auburn win. I think Auburn. I think Auburn has some flaws. They've been exposed a little bit, but I still think Auburn's a really good team. And I don't. I just don't think Arkansas is ready to to compete at this level. I I, I don't. I think Arkansas is going to lose a bunch of games. Like I, you know, Ole Miss goes to Arkansas next week, and when I look at that game in my mind's eye, I I I see an Ole Miss win, and I see a fairly convincing Ole Miss win because I think Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points against that defense. But we'll talk about that next week. But. I, I don't know. Arkansas is better than they were. If I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm certainly encouraged by what I've seen in the first two weeks, uh, with 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 the way that uh, the Hogs played against Georgia, and obviously the way that they went to Mississippi State had a great plan, executed that plan, and, and won an emotional game. And I do think when you get a win after losing 20 in a row, it gets easier to win. It's easy. It's easier to win the second time than it is the first time. Always. So. Um, it's interesting, but I think Auburn covers this line. Hey, real quick, I'll throw out some notes because I do this, and this is um, some of the details in, in the film room breakdowns over at Landry Football. Um, um, uh, cheap plug, but I go into a lot of the, the football part, but I do have uh, some information that is gathered on some trends that people like, betting trends. Okay, so Arkansas is 4-0 and against the spread in the last four games. Now, it's – that's including last year. So they're 4-0 in the last four games as an underdog and 4-0 against the spread in their last four conference games. Auburn is 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven games after accumulating less than 100 yards in the previous game. So that's, that is the vote for Arkansas in terms of betting trends. The football eye says it's going to be a win and a potentially significant win. And I think it's going to come down to quarterback play because neither one of these teams are running the football very well. I think Bo Nix is going to play well. I think you're going to see Seth Williams get some matchups and that's going to be the difference. And, and again, people say, well, I, you know, but, you know, the, the difference is, is Arkansas is going to have a harder time dealing with this type of offense than they did in playing the soft goal against, uh, Mike Leach. And I know most people don't get that. Oh, wait a minute. I thought, you know, Leach, it's a different style. And I think you're going to see Auburn have more success. I agree with you. 
Uh, we'll get to the other games in just a minute. I want to first tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Jupiter Security Systems based in Madison, Mississippi. Jupiter Security Systems provides your business with a help desk, allowing you to get software at a much cheaper price than you would pay going directly to Microsoft or the different cybersecurity services. Jupiter Security Systems offers businesses the full Microsoft 365 suite, email spam protection. They monitor their workstations and servers as well. Jupiter doesn't see your data, by the way, but they'll know if malicious applications get installed on your computers. They can set up remote monitoring on a computer regardless of the location. So don't spend money on getting your employees new laptops to work remotely. Instead, let Jupiter monitor their home computers and protect your data wherever you choose to work. Jupiter Security Systems offer cybersecurity and monitoring. It is ADT for your computer systems and data, and it's very affordable with a flat price and no hidden add-ons. For more information, call Eric at 601-519-9583 or email info, I-N-F-O, at jupitersecurity.net, or you can visit jupitersecurity.net. Uh, we're also brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Throughout the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From services to products, Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. Blue Sky wants to show their customers that they care about them and their shopping experience. They'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any of their 48 store locations across the southeast uh, all right chris let's see what we got here um get back to my sheet there we go um getting to this evening portion of the sec which is a little lighter than it uh, was going to be originally Ole miss and alabama game was originally scheduled to kick at five they'll kick at 6 30 at bought hemingway stadium about eight minutes from where i am right now this opened as a 24 point line it has pretty much held there it's now 23 and a half it's moved down a half a point across the board alabama a 23 and a half point favorite at Ole miss here's my question chris we'll start with this one if the weather forecast is right and again we're still 30 some odd hours out if the if the weather forecast is right it's going to be pretty wet here and there's going to be some wind uh, weather will be a factor does that help one team or the other well, I think in a if you have a really sloppy track, it can neutralize some of the speed. And I do think in general, look, if you put two teams, and I would consider this a kind of a lopsided personnel, you know, oh, for sure. one versus the other. Let's you put them on a on a field that's a normal field, good field, it's a it's a decisive. So if you put it on a bad field. Well, what you might do is the ability to cut, the ability to maybe be as explosive, to be as dominant, maybe there's not as many points. And so the game might be a little bit more competitive for longer and, you know, the game might be endowed. And so I do think in general, a really overly bad day, like excessive rain, excessive footing problems, definitely win. Um, 
those things would take the underdog and maybe give them a better chance because even though it affects both teams, you know, you, 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 you have a little bit better chance of making a little bit more of a neutral type game. In terms of the style, it, it puts a little bit more emphasis on the running game. Uh, but if it's, if it's, if it's windy, if it's not windy, Neil, I, I really believe that it's a good time to throw. You know, if it's if it's a wet field and it's a cutting problem, that's when you really want to throw because the toughest guys that have to change direction are the defenders. So I think you want to be able to throw it. And, and now, you know, wet ball and being able to throw it accurately, those are some issues there. But if it's not overly windy, I think you can throw it because I think you've got a greater chance of a defender you know, misstepping or just losing his footing and a, a guy runs free. I like to play a little bit more zone in, in really, really wet weather, but you still got to play man principles in zone. So it's a long way of saying, yeah, if it's really bad in Clement weather, it, it helps Ole Miss to a point. I still think this is a game that just doesn't match up because they can't defend the run. They really undersized. They really, um, they, they, can't get off blocks, and this is an offensive line that's as good as any in the country, and Alabama will have their way. And I think they'll be able to have some explosive plays off of it. And um, I think Ole Miss will get some you know points and plays, but I just not going to be enough to to match Alabama. Yeah, it's why I picked Alabama to cover this line. It, it, it's I know there's a couple of the, the weather, and then Alabama's got a game at Georgia next week. So once the game is is in hand. Nick has to at least start thinking about, hey, getting guys off the field, preserving everybody for, for next week because Georgia is capable of beating Alabama. Ole Miss isn't. So from a line standpoint, I could see a backdoor cover, some things like that. Ole Miss offensively has been terrific, and I think they'll score some points on Alabama. I think they're going to score points on everybody. But defensively, Ole Miss can't stop the run. Ole Miss can't, hasn't proven that it can stop the pass. It can't get to the quarterback with any degree of consistency. Uh, they don't tackle well so far. It, that's a lot going against a team like Alabama. I, it, it might not hurt them against a team like Arkansas next week, against South Carolina later, against some of those kinds of games, Vanderbilt. There's still some – I think there's a several – I think suddenly some of the games before the season that I didn't think were winnable for Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas A&M, I still think Ole Miss is an underdog in those games but not as prohibitive as an underdog as I thought they would have been. This is not the case. Alabama, to me, is the best team in the league. I don't think it's particularly close. Jones has played terrific. Uh, Waddle's been great. Uh, Smith is a, a weapon. Uh, they, they can run the football. They're very good up front, like you mentioned. I don't know that this is the dominant Alabama defense that they've had in the past, but it's plenty good, and, and they're athletes all over the place. So I think Alabama's the class of the league, and I think Alabama wins – Easily slash handily uh, on Saturday from a betting standpoint, the line's probably about right. And it just kind of comes down to how long Alabama stays engaged in this one. And I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, and it does matter from a weather standpoint. If you're talking about the line, it could affect, you know, some of that uh, in terms of the margin of victory. But I, I think it'll be kind of a, it'll be a bloodletting over four quarters that I think will gradually may not look like it for a while, but I, I think they'll win. And I think it'll be along those lines where the line is a little bit of, a little bit above that. Yeah. That's what I think. I think about 28 points. All right. This is an interesting game, Chris, 
It really is. I'm I'm interested in strategy matchups here. It's an important game for both teams from a record standpoint. Mississippi State, uh, off that loss to Arkansas in Startville, they hit the road. They go to Kentucky. This game kicks at 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on SEC Network. The line opened at Kentucky minus two and a half, and it is basically held there. It is minus two just about everywhere. A couple places it's dropped to one and a half. But uh, Kentucky, we'll call it a two-point favorite over Mississippi State. Here's my question. Kentucky, as Lane Kiffin and some other coaches have said, I've, I've listened to on the SEC coaches teleconference, that kind of thing, likes to play three deep. They cover three. That's their that's their coverage. That's what they do. That's who they are. Against Mississippi State, against a Mike Leach offense, it's my understanding that you need to switch it up. You don't want to give them one look. They can pick one look apart. Strategically, if you're Kentucky defensively getting ready to face Mississippi State, what do you what do you try to do? Well, cover three obviously really prevents you from getting beat on the deep ball, but you can play it a little bit different where what you've got to do is the key is underneath. How you defend the crossers, I think you got to zone up. I think you got to get some zone drops and you've got to play well and tackle well in space. And I think Kentucky will do that very well. Um you they Mississippi State's not gonna attack you deep. They'll attack you, you know, horizontally. And, you know, so I think that what you have to do, now all you have to do in the in in a lot of the cover three, you know, basically it's just a matter of playing your outside defenders just a little bit at the snap, a, a little bit shallower, and you got really a cover one luck, and which kind of goes into uh, can can drop into a cover three. So I think they're matched up pretty well and are positioned pretty well. But I, I will say this. They've given up seven touchdowns thus far, and they're giving up 280, almost 280 yards uh, passing thus far. So um, I think Mississippi, and again, look, people, this is where stats are, for losers in this regard and that Mississippi state leads the country in yards per game. And they're going to do that. They're going to always do that because they're going to throw a lot of cheap yards. What you've got to do is it's not so much worrying about what's behind you, but coming up tackling in front of you so that they don't eat up a lot of yards to where they can make a lot of plays after the catch, run after catch, because that's where they eat you up. That's where they eat, ate up LSU. They had 385 yards and three touchdowns after the catch against LSU. After the catch. That was part of their almost 700 yards passing. Uh, so, no, I think Kentucky defensively will play it pretty well, even though they've struggled in pass coverage. I think they will be – schematically prepared pretty well. I think the key is going to be is you can hold them down, Neil, but if you don't score points, if you can't run the football, that's going to be a problem. So this game will be decided because this Mississippi State defense has some talent. If Kentucky can't score points, they're in trouble because you can stop them and stop them and stop them, but if you don't capitalize, Mississippi State will score some points they'll end up scoring 27. They'll end up scoring 24. Even if you play good defense, can you score 30? That's the key. 
I think they're desperate for a win. I think that this is – I just don't see this team going on three. I, I think Kentucky gets it done, but – I do it, too. That was my question. Um, Mark Stoops was visibly agitated mm. at the end of the uh, the Ole Miss game. Got upset at, at, at officials. I think a lot of that was anger at his own team. He was he was mad, uh, presumably about that um, about the uh, pass interference call in overtime. Mm-hmm. That was that was an easy call. It was it was right. There. It was anybody could have called that. It was obvious. Um, he was probably more frustrated with his own team for not being able to. If you if you tell a coach before a game you're going to run for four hundred and eight yards today, you're going to rush for four hundred and eight yards today. A coach goes, hey, where, where's the post-game celebration? We're winning. Um, when you do that and you don't win, it's a very frustrating thing. I think he's frustrated. I suspect his team is frustrated. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think Kentucky comes out and, and wins this. And and I think they win it fairly handily. But there are some strategy things that, that are interesting. And so. It's a big moment for Mike Leach now because Mike Leach has, has given Mississippi State fans the full Mike Leach experience in two weeks. Mm-hmm. He took a team down to Baton Rouge and and won, and then comes back for his home opener and plays uh, what is what has been the worst team in the West the past few years and gets beat. That is the Mike Leach, Mike Leach experience, and uh, that's not what Mississippi State fans want. They they want consistency. They got it for a decade with Dan Mullen, and that's what they want. And I don't know how much, I don't know how long they ride a roller coaster before they start going, hey, my stomach hurts. I don't feel so good. And, <laughs> you know, that they're on the roller coaster right now. This is a chance for him to steady things a little bit. This, this, this league, they still got to play Alabama. They still got to play Auburn. They still got to play a lot of people. You, if you're going to get it done at Mississippi State, you're beating the Arkansas and Kentuckys of the world. I'm just telling you. And so, uh, it is an, it's an interesting game. My my TV obviously will be on Alabama and Ole Miss. That's the game I'm covering. That's the game I talk about. But I'll have the computer on on State and Kentucky because I'm I'm interested to see what it looks like. Yeah, I actually think this is the most intriguing game of the the weekend, and um, you know, in that time slot. You know, we've got Miami, Clemson, Alabama, Ole Miss, and and you know, I've got um, monitor three will be Mississippi State, Kentucky for me. And uh, but you know, when you look at the other games, this is a game that has a chance to be most intriguing because Alabama, Ole Miss, Miami, Clemson, uh, Florida State, Notre Dame. Uh, I don't, I don't think these games are going to be real close. I'm going to watch them and enjoy it, but I think sure. in terms of intrigue, I think this is going to be the fun game. Like I didn't expect it was on monitor. three three the mississippi state arkansas game and i flipped that to one as ended up that being the better game um not going in but coming out it was (laughs) tell you a game that's kind of disappointing in terms of we i think we thought going in this would be a battle of undefeated teams it's not texas and oklahoma they meet in dallas it's a texas favored by two oklahoma already has two losses they lost at iowa state i give myself some credit for that one i sort of saw that one coming and um here we are, OU one and one and two, uh, with with Texas coming in, uh, in into Dallas to play in, in what's usually the big. This can almost be a sad game. I don't know what the attendance will is allowed to be, but this is such a cool game, you know, where half the stadium is red and half the stadium is orange, and the state fair is going on underneath, and 
kind of neat. And now there's no state fair and limited fans and the two teams aren't off to good starts. And it's kind of 2020 in a freaking nutshell is what it is. Chris may take 50 to win it. Um, and you know, Texas is awful on defense. Um, they've got Sam Ellinger, Oklahoma is awful on defense. Yes. They've got a really good young quarterback, but their offense is not supersonic good. So the offensive line has struggled. Creed Humphrey has played well center, but they've not gotten good play up front. And so it really started to affect them. Kansas state got good pressure. Hubert and those guys came off the edge and, and you saw it again uh, against Iowa state. What, so the issue like with, with Oklahoma, is that they've been able to overcome it with their offense, been able to kind of kind of win games. Now they're it's still their strength, but their strength is not as good as it has been. And the defense is, well, it's just every bit as bad as it has been. In fact, even worse. Um, you know, you've got a really talented young quarterback that can fling it, and I think it's going to be really good. And you've got a great competitive Sam Ellinger that, um, you know, usually finds ways to bail his team out. So you can really make a case because in terms of importance, this game has dropped because right now, you know, they're all going to need some help to get back in the Big 12 race. Um, you know, particularly Oklahoma is down 0-2. And, and imagine going 0-3. No, let me say it, 0-3. You know, and this is not on the young quarterback at Oklahoma, but do you realize in the history of Oklahoma football, no starting quarterback in the history of Oklahoma has ever been 0-2 in the Big 8 slash Big 12, ever. Now, again, it's not because of Spencer Rattler, but regardless of the reason, just really weird. Just goes to show you how dominant they've been over the years and the relative conferences. So they could go 0-3 or Texas drops their second game, and and it is it's really bad. But in terms of just if you're watching games, if you just like the go up and down the field, this ought to be a lot of fun. Ought to be a lot of points. It won't be over because you can you can wipe out a 17 point lead like nothing in these games. I mean, it's it's just gonna be real interesting in terms of the style. Um, but it's not gonna be much defense. It's gonna be the offense, and the only way the offenses get stopped is if they stop themselves. Any quick thoughts on Virginia Tech, North Carolina? Yeah, I do. I really, you know, North Carolina's got to get a little bit better on defense. They've kind of, they've kind of um, um, not played like I think they need to play. Virginia Tech is playing better. They've had a lot of guys out sitting to COVID. Carolina's at home, got a little bit more explosive playmakers. But to me, this is the most intriguing game of the early slate of kind of where this might go. So uh, North Carolina a little bit at home like their playmakers a little bit more, give them a little bit of an edge. But this this is one I'm uh, – it could go really either way. You had to be super impressed with my Bears last night, right? I mean, we're four. By the way, yes. I did – actually, believe it or not, I – you know, I did not – you know, as long as I've known you, <laughs> you know, I never really – we've never had the conversation about your affinity with Chicago sports. I didn't know you told me – in one of our first podcasts that your big Bears fans, Cup fan and all that. Yeah. Um, and so 
last night as I'm watching it, I actually thought of you, hey, because we're doing a podcast and I'm thinking, boy, O'Neill to be happy. In fact, I'm glad you brought it up because I I need to bring it up tomorrow. And I just kind of just not the game didn't forget my mind, but it did forget my mind to bring it up. Very impressed. Um, and, and I have four and one. I don't care how you get there. You, you just, you just get it. You just get them and you lock them in and move on. No, that's right. It, it's, uh, this is one of those, look at the scorecard and, you know, put in the par. It doesn't matter that you hit it in the woods behind a tree and hit a recovery and made a long putter, chipped it in. A four is a four is a four. Same as the guy that hit it three feet from the hole and missed the birdie putt. It just, you know, right now they're scrambling, but you know what? Yeah, it, They're playing good situational ball, and they were able to play good enough defensively and um, give them a lot of credit. You know, uh, Nick Foles is a good relief pitcher. You know, it's like, can he play long relief all year is what you want to do. So, um, yeah, look, you got to bank those wins and, you know, they're going to, they're going to need them and they're right in there. And it, 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 on film, it doesn't look overly <laughs> impressive, but it doesn't matter. Get wins and if, they, they'll take a few more of those. I can tell you that. Chris, if the bears were a restaurant, they would be telling the patrons as they leave, Hey, you're, you're not hungry anymore. Right. <laughs> you got bad, right? That's right. <laughs> it wouldn't That's be right. Yeah. Is it me? Right. Right. But you know. That's right. at least we're open, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Didn't you? Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm, I'm looking at the the week that is coming up in the NFL. Um, yeah, Atlanta, a one point favorite. They, they their change is coming there. Um, Cincinnati, Baltimore, not a lot of great games. Giants and, and Dallas, normally a great game. No one's watching that. Indianapolis and Cleveland should be interesting. That, that's the that's the really intriguing game. Both Cleveland and Indianapolis playing pretty well. Indianapolis is uh, starting to play better. Um, their protection's been really good. See if what Phillip Rivers can do in this game. And uh, Cleveland, you know, I thought played pretty well last week. That that to me is a really intriguing game. Uh, an awful two teams that are on film right now, but that NFC East is, is just a disaster, but the giants in Dallas. And then I think it's really interesting folks. Again, let's remind you if you haven't followed it is we're going to have a double header again on Monday. So five o'clock central, uh, the Patriots are going to be playing, um, their game. Yeah. Against Denver. That, against that Denver. Game, that game has no betting line right now. So that tells you that Vegas just has no real idea what the situation is. Correct. Correct. Which is, and then you got, you got the, the Tuesday night game, Buffalo, Tennessee. So you got Buffalo, Tennessee, which precipitated the move of the Thursday night Buffalo game next week on to Sunday. So look, we knew this was going to happen. Well, we knew there's a possibility of it happening, but what's interesting is you're going to get a a Monday night. You're going to get Sunday night football. You're going to get a doubleheader Monday night. You know, you come home from work, there's Monday night football, go right up into the, true doubleheader, and then you'll have Tuesday night football. <laughs> Which, yeah. by the way, I don't know if you've heard that when the Mac starts, they're going to be doing pretty much all their game. I mean, they'll be doing most of their games on, like, the Tuesday and Wednesday night. So when that happens, you'll get all the football you want. We have Sunday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday football. You already have Thursday football and Friday football. on. You know, So it'll be seven days a week. It's a dream come true for you. Yeah, there's a game tonight, Georgia Tech and somebody tonight. Louisville. Louisville. It's actually a pretty good game, ACC game that uh, we'll see. Um, 
Mosif George didn't get back on track. Louisville's starting to play a little bit better. That's the one thing we 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 didn't have sports for a long time, and now we we have we have all the sports we could want. NBA Finals tonight, Major League Baseball playoff game tonight, the Rays and Yankees a, a deciding game five. So there's there's plenty of sports for whatever uh, your fancy is, and we'll be back on Tuesday. We'll look at we'll look back at week three, and we'll start looking ahead to what should be the regular season game of the year to this point that's uh, georgia at alabama next saturday night in tuscaloosa so we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, what happened in all of these games in columbia and oxford and college station and auburn and lexington and across the board and get you ready for week four in the southeastern conference so for chris landry i'm neil mccready have a great weekend stay safe out there and if you're uh, in south louisiana you're certainly in our thoughts we hope that uh you hold, hold steady through Hurricane Delta and that you're with us on Tuesday when we resume again. So until then, for Chris, I'm Neil. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.